I have to listen to a song until I get sick of it. Like if I really like a song, I will just listen to that thing until I just cannot anymore for at least a good amount of time. Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. There we go. Recording's on. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with a fantastic artist. Not a hip hop artist, but a fantastic artist. The one and only Justin Irby, who is a DJ, a producer, making some amazing tracks. You released uh, Sorry that came out this year as well, which is such a feel-good EDM kind of like dance music. And then you also had Goodbye, which dropped this year. Um, and I was listening to your music before before the podcast, and it's impossible not to groove with the songs. It's got that you know, the female vocalist, and then you've got the drums in there. Yeah, man, it's it sounds like you've got what it takes to really grow dramatically in terms of your career. Like, just sonically, it feels really good. So, yeah, man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Aaron. I appreciate you guys for you having me on. Again, big fan of the the podcast. As well. I will say, you know, I'm a new fan, but... Um, Definitely, you've had some very big artists come on, and and you know, I just really like kind of the direction that you're taking your podcast. So I definitely resonate with kind of uh, your style and kind of how you approach a lot of the things. And I, I'm I'm glad that you kind of feel the same with my music. Um, so yeah, this should be a fun hour or so conversation. I'm very excited to be here. So thank you. My pleasure. Look, I sell everyone. I don't really know why people come on the show. To be honest, it is a miracle and a blessing to me. So um, I think you and I are riding that wave at the same time going, hey, I don't really know how this is happening, but I'm not complaining and I'm, I'm loving it. But I feel like that's similar to anyone in their music career of like, I have this crazy idea of like, I want to express my creativity and I'm going to go and start and figure it out. And then all of a sudden you're on stages, you're performing in front of crowds, you're you're doing interviews, you've got Spotify, and like now it's almost like, wait, hold on, how did that all happen? Yeah, I almost have to sometimes like take a step back because sometimes I can get very, very focused on like what's next, right? And then what's what's the next milestone that I want to achieve? And, and sometimes I have to kind of like look back as of lately in the, the past couple of years, right? When I started kind of taking the leap of faith, right? saying, you know, I have all this music that I'm sitting on and the, the world needs to hear it, right? It doesn't do any good of it just sitting on your hard drive, right? So it can be scary um, to kind of just like let the world hear your art and kind of, because you're kind of being a little bit showing vulnerabilities in yourselves in different areas. Um, and so that was the biggest thing for me was to try to just kind of almost rip that bandaid off, so to say, and just say, okay, I have these set tracks. I, I have the kind of discography of like, the direction of track one to track number six that I'm on now and kind of trying to tell a story with 
okay, each new release, how can that progress gradually and effortlessly? Um, in my career, obviously, like I said, I, I, I've been, you know, producing music for over, let's say, half a decade, going on about six years. But I've only released publicly my music in this past year and a half. So in that, what, five year span, it's been something that I've really had to focus to kind of, again, rip that bandaid off and just just let the world hear some of the music that I've kind of been working on. So. Well, I, th- I think the interesting thing when I look at you and when you talk about it is like, you know, five years to release the music that you have in 18 months. And it's like people don't see the background. Like if someone was just to run up on, on your like Spotify or your Instagram or your TikTok and they, they would just be like, oh, this guy, he just started and he's already making this quality of music. But that's never really true because the time that it takes for you to build the skill set and for you to feel ready to release music is way longer. Like that's, that's the thing I've always admired about artists is you never really get the props for the work that you were doing before you became the artist who you are today. 100%. I think it goes for a lot of things, right? Where it's like, there's that it's, Oh, you blow up overnight. Right. Kind of thing. And, and I for sure will not say that's any case right now for me, but the like what you're saying is just putting in the work day in and day out the small baby steps even if you kind of work on a session for an hour i like to approach those sessions even if i just worked on like a 16 bar loop uh which is basically just an idea in my daw i use ableton i'm telling myself that even if this doesn't come to fruition this idea it's still a step in the right direction of just setting these good habits and these good foundations as an artist of being consistent because I try to treat this as a job in and of itself, obviously. And, you know, you got to show up every day. And even if you don't want to be in the studio and you're not feeling the creativity, you have to, for me, it's been something that I really have to like tell myself that you have to push yourself. You have to be there for, and, and this could be a hot take. Sometimes I try to like set myself, okay, X amount of hours every day, at least finishing up something working on something new, um, reaching out to p- potential artists that I like to collaborate with. But, you know, obviously kind of going back to what you're saying, it does take a lot of time, you know, from that day one when I started, you know, picking up Ableton and playing the keys to releasing my first track. There is a lot of kind of like fa- fundamental and foundational things that I kind of had to put push myself in order to kind of, you know, do. Um, in order for me to be okay with saying, okay, this is quality work that I feel proud about. And this is something that I feel like I can, you know, let go and release to the world. Well, the weird thing is like, when I look at anyone who's successful, the one thing that stands out over time is that you didn't quit. Right. Like, because no one starts good. Yes, people have talent. Yes, they have like an ear or they have this innate ability to pick things up. They're lucky in the sense they just find what they click with really early in life. But ultimately, that's never enough for you to be good. That's never enough for you to become successful in the sense of for you to get the props that you deserve and for you to really reach your potential. And the only difference is like, you know, I'm sure there are people who are also wanting to be DJs and producers and be on stage in front of people. And the only difference is 
you just didn't quit it. You were just like, hey, I know I can do it. I know I, and I have the drive to be able to do it. And that's the only thing. That's like the weirdest thing to me is like, we just happen to not quit. Right. And I think like, just looking back in hindsight nowadays, it's like, I I grew up playing both my parents. I was very fortunate. They kind of pushed me in both directions in terms of music and like physical sports. So I, I grew up playing competitive hockey, um, ice hockey. And I'm from Arizona too. And, it, and it's like, people say, is there even ice in Arizona? But I, I think a lot, well, of I was the, wondering that as well. <laughs> yep. A lot of people do. So there's actually quite a bit of ice here. Um, but you know, hockey obviously taught me a lot of the discipline and the work ethic and and showing up every day, right? Knowing that, like, even if you don't want to be there, you have to put in the work because you're there for a team. You're something you're there for something bigger than yourself. And so um, I took a lot of those you know, traits when I when I quit hockey and I moved into new you know, music and, and DJing. It's just don't give up. Right. You just chip away every single day. Try to be one percent better every single day. Um, and that kind of goes back to just at least doing something on a daily basis in the studio, right? Working on something, working on, even if it's just small things, so, so, song selection is going to be like the biggest thing for me is like trying to figure out kind of like what ideas and kind of direction that the sound goes for a particular idea and just getting those, I guess, sound design out there, you know? Well, I think, you know, the great thing about sport, and I think when you're a kid, competition is good like it teaches you the value of winning and losing and how much effort is required to win and I feel like we're in this weird place in society sometimes where some people think that that's not good for children but I've always believed that you need to feel bad when you things don't go the way you want them to go if you want to win and you don't win that feeling of dejection of feeling a little bit sad is good because it shows you you don't want to feel that way again and you put in more effort so that next time you don't feel that way. Like that's for me what is a big motivator is like, oh, I want to feel good when I accomplish things and I don't want to look back on my life and feel sad because I didn't go for it. And there's a way to have healthy competition. I think sport as young kids really helps you do that because, yeah, like that team environment, you want to see your teammates win. You want to see them celebrate and feel good and you want to make that shot you take a lot of responsibility especially in team sports and now you take all the responsibility and you're used to it you're like I know I can put that responsibility on myself I know I can take it on but if you never do that because there are no stakes it becomes really difficult yeah it's um it's definitely something like you said it's 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 becoming a lost kind of like discipline, right. Is, is, is the competition aspect of things. And, um, you know, I kind of see it like I have a younger, um, you know, a niece and it's kind of like something that I've kind of noticed in like, when I like kind of hang out with her and her friends, it's like, um, they're very like, they just, you know I mean? They don't try to push themselves to try to like work on. So, so it's like, I think that's something that I try to continue to like instill in the people that are around me is like trying to like help them be better. And and whether, whether it be, you know, music sports or something, just try to like kind of instill those, those hardworking kind of fundamentals and just character traits at a young age, because that builds the foundation for a lot of things. Again, outside of, 
you know, music, if you're going to your dated, your nine to five job, um, you know, you just got to show up each and every day. So that's kind of the big thing that I really try to push for the people around me is like, even if they weren't in sports, right. I try to kind of be that coach, um, for the people that kind of may not have had that opportunity and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you find it in yourself that you have that competitive aspect at the moment, or is it very much now, Hey, I know how far I want to get and I'm very self-motivated to get to the next level. I'm more competing against myself. I a hundred percent believe it's more myself at the end of the day. Um, that's going to be the biggest hindrance of if I can go to these next levels and, and unlock these different types of milestones that I have for myself. And especially as, you know, you know, in hockey, for example, you're at a team sport, right? Now I only have myself to rely on in a sense. Um, so I have to be the, my biggest motivator and advocate to push myself to, to wake up and to just put in the work every day. Right. Even if it's just reaching out to, you know, artists or, uh, promoters and stuff like that to try to get these opportunities outside of the, the studio. Um, yeah, I just try to be my biggest, you know, you know, competitor. Um, I would say outside of, it's more about a, a collaborative, I, I think of competition in the sense is not competition with other people but more collaboration so i try to change that that word to like a collaboration when it's people outside of myself so i try to compete very heavy with myself but i try to focus on more of collaborative um efforts with um you know people that i look up to or just people that i really would like to kind of be one at one point in my life you know it is interesting hearing the differences between different genres in the sense mm -hmm. of like you know, obviously the the show is called hip hop, but hustle, but it's, it's built off com competition. It's built off like battling in the streets. It's built off like my bars better than your bars. It's built off like that, that mindset of like, I'm the goat. And they have so many of those conversations of like top fives of who's the best. It's almost like basketball in a weird way where everyone's arguing about who's like in your top five, who's your best this, who's your best that. And from my perspective, from what, I'm, what I've seen, it's not the same in other genres because the roots come from a different place. And so the collaboration aspect is so much easier to have because it's like, hey, we're all making dope music. We're all doing our own thing. And if we can collab, then that's the best thing for the genre and best thing for the fans. Yeah, and that's what, that's what ultimately helps evolve the genre and evolves the, the ear that the fans have for new styles of music and in and, and, and electronic music in general, um, I make primarily more house focused, but there's so many subgenres of electronic dance music. And inside of house music, there's so many subgenres of house music, right? So it's almost like that. You you have to really think about it as like a tree spreading roots as opposed to kind of like, and that's where it kind of goes back to the collaboration, collaborating with different artists in different subgenres. Um, I'm just a big music fan in, in general. So even if there's an opportunity for me to take, um, you know, inspiration or collaborate with other people outside of the, you know, the EDM space, that's definitely something that I think could help evolve my genre in particular. And obviously, um, you know, music as a whole, hopefully, right? Can I ask, how did you develop your ear? The one thing that I look at, you know, what you do, more than a lot of other genres is you're essentially layering and you're developing 
unique styles of sound through the understanding of other sounds. Because you did that uh, video on Instagram, which showed how you did, um, what was the song? Your Love. And you broke down how you put it together. But the individual components of that, I was like, I would never have heard the song that you ended up with. And so it made me go like, well, how was this developed in the sense of like, how do you get to a point where your ear is good enough to be like, I can see these individual components. I have a vision of what I want to get to. And then the journey of actually getting there to assemble it with all the right timing. Yeah. I, I, I just, like I said, I'm a big music guy. So I've consumed just, I would say hours and hours of music a day. Um, and that's, that's no exaggeration. Um, and, and it goes back to like my childhood. My parents were both like really big music people. Um, none of them play. Well, my mom was a drummer. Um, my dad wasn't, but I just got a big plethora of, you know, different styles of genres and eras and stuff. And I think that's in hindsight and subconsciously has helped me kind of develop that sound that I've been going for, which is more of just like a feel good, just just it's it's an energy thing for me it's like if it makes me feel good that's kind of when i know it's good and that it's ready um my mom was really big on like r&b and like pop so that's kind of where i get more of those those female poppy vocal styles and um i love just piano chords in general so that's kind of where you know the the chords progressions that you heard in your love that's kind of where um that stem from is just kind of just the the feelings that you get from a cohesive kind of energy with the vocals the the drums the chord progressions the, the organs that I kind of have in there the bass line so yeah I mean it's it's definitely something where I try to approach a new project with a blank slate like I will think of an idea but I won't really come to the studio and say like I won't be fixated on kind of what I was envisioning throughout the week I'll just kind of open up my uh my daw and just kind of just start with that 16 bar loop um and just kind of work from there i usually start with the vocal to be honest and then build around a vocal um then i'll usually go into the the pianos or uh just different chords through like uh, a synth or a bass line and then i'll work on the drums so it's kind of like uh, you know everybody i kind of work with works differently a lot of people in the dance community to do drums first but I've, I've never been that big of like like good at drums um i've been more of kind of the the opposite right knowing kind of the, the right vocals to use and the right chord percussions well as you were saying your order i was thinking to myself i would probably start with drums um just because i think i noticed heavy drums really mm-hmm. early but then again i was thinking well, that probably is why your music stands out because you're not leading with drums, you're leading with vocals and the choices you make based on those vocals are different choices that you would make if you led with drums, which is also really interesting to me because the ordering of the way you layer it changes the way you hear it and changes what you think you need to add to make the song cohesive. And I never really thought about it until literally you were talking about it right now. Yeah, I've tried doing the opposite. I've tried just starting with drums, but it, for me, I just lose that creativity. I just, it doesn't really excite me of like, okay, what, what do I go next? Like, how can I like 
place this these vocals with these drums. It's just like it's I've tried it many times, trust me, because it's uh, <laughs> definitely something that, and, and, you know, in house music in general, like the, the kick is the bet is the, the most prominent thing when you're in the club or in the festival. So um, kind of feeling the drums is definitely something that makes sense when you're you're listening out, obviously in a studio or I mean, the, in the club, you know, at the festival in your headphones. But that's just something that I just feel like it doesn't excite me when I start with that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing that I've had conversations with previous um, people I've worked with and other vocalists, you know, that kind of have sat in on sessions and they kind of like, wait, you're not going to do the drums first? Like, so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but you know, well, it works, right? Yeah. Well, the proof is in the result at the end of yeah. the day. Like, honestly, who cares how you get there as long as you get there in the end? But, but I did wonder, when you get vocals, are you getting an artist to do those vocals for you? Are you like going, hey, I want this type of vocal or are there places where you can get, you know, royalty free or, or samples where you can pull them? Like, how does that work in terms of house and EDM? So uh, that is definitely something that I've been focusing on moving forward is is working with um, vocalists. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've kind of been putting out has been royalty free. And that's definitely a big hindrance that I've noticed at, at the stage right now where it's like I'm trying to make connections with bigger labels and bigger vocalists. And, and obviously they want to see original vocals. And um, that's definitely one focus into the rest of 2023 is to really kind of move away from what I've just been comfortable with is just like, it's so easy to go on splice and just type in, you know, R and B um, as a genre and just kind of listen through some of the the packs that they have. Um, and I definitely think it can definitely help out with, you know, just setting yourself as a, as a house producer, a little bit higher up in terms of like a perception, if you're kind of working with your own original vocalist. So um, yeah, it's definitely definitely something on the horizon of tr trying to kind of break that old habit of just, you know, opening it up and just finding something real quick. But um, what I will continue to do is I'll probably obviously find um, a vocal style in Splice and have that as like a reference to send to a vocalist so that they can get a better idea of kind of like how the, the cadence should work with that particular demo project. But yeah, it's definitely something I'm aware of for sure. It is strange though that you know you're you're trying to when you're on the come up you're figuring it out you're obviously no one has thousands to spend to go to artists and also the time to be like hey I want a kind of a short sample because I'm just going to loop it and chop it in different ways and then other people are like hey how dare you try to make this more efficient and even though it sounds great, because my attitude would be like, well, I get that, but imagine if I did have my own artist. So, like, it would be the opposite. It would be like, if I can do this with royalty-free, imagine what I could do with an actual artist. So it's weird that they do it. It's it, it's like this weird kind of put-down when you're just trying to do your own thing. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I love that perspective, and kind of that's the way that I've kind of been... In telling myself, right? It's like, if I've been able to kind of, you know, in a sense, put myself in a box and still be able to express the creativity that I've been trying to kind of get out with some of these projects, 
I think that setting a baseline and, and like a, a little bit on my resume at this point of kind of the, the style that I'm going for, when I do reach out to the vocalists that I've kind of established as the people that I would like to work with, um, they kind of have an understanding of the aesthetic that in the, the sound identity that I've, I've been kind of releasing over the past year. It's a little bit easier for them to, to get on board with, with a, a project that I kind of maybe approach them with if they kind of have some sort of previous references of like, okay, this is the style. It's, it's easy. It's almost like a plug and play thing. Like, um, and that's kind of the way that I've been envisioning. And so I've been trying to right now, like create these relationships with the vocalists that I want to work with in an organic way of like, you know, reaching out to them on, you know, Instagram or Twitter, or just trying to make relationships with them first, because I know that when you're in a studio with um, with a vocalist, you need kind of that camaraderie and that type of relationship already for you to be able to get a really solid idea out, right? If you just kind of like don't really know who they are and they don't have that understanding of who you are, then it can be a little bit of a um, a hindrance when you're in those studio sessions. And you, you know, sometimes you only have an hour with them, or you know, because like you said, everybody needs to be comp compensated fairly for their time, right? So my goal is to try to just lay the foundation and play the, the long game and just build the relationships up front right now with uh, some of the people that I definitely want to work with um, for yeah, next year and stuff. How important is that relationship building in terms of your career in general? I think it's huge. I think not only just vocalists, but other producers, um, yeah, just DJs in general, I think just relationships are the biggest thing. Looking back, that has helped me get to where I'm at, not only as a producer, but as a DJ and getting the opportunities. And um, I think that's just key in life in general is just being a good person and just treating other people with respect and, you know, trying to be protective of your energy and just kind of like, if you feel like you vibe with somebody like, that's more of a reason for you to try to go for, um, you know, a project or a collaboration or something. And just being aware, I've been trying to be a lot, lot more aware of like the people that I kind of place my energy with and, and trying to be strategic and, and also genuine about the relationships that I kind of want to build. Right. So. I think this is the other part of being an artist that people don't see is how much other stuff you have to do. Like, I feel like everyone just gets this idea of all I do is I make music in a studio all day and then I release it. The studio ticks it off because it's always fantastic. And then I go and I do tours around the world and I love my life and I drink amazing drinks. I eat amazing food. I have sex with all the hottest people in the world and that is my life and that is what I want to sign up for. But the reality of what you have to do is like, you know, the grind of building those relationships of being, as you said earlier, vulnerable enough to reach out to someone who you, you might really respect and be like, they could laugh in my face for, for just reading my message, but I'm just going to go send it. And, I, and it's like this weird kind of vulnerability, but it's no one really talks about it. No one talks about how many messages you have to send to people, how many emails you have to craft and, that there is a level of professionalism and kindness and genuine, like genuine connection that you need 
just to be successful in releasing your music, it's it's just a whole different part of it. Yeah, and it, it's a little difficult, not going to lie, being based right now in, you know, Arizona and a lot of the people that I kind of have been trying to build these relationships, you know, obviously social media and the internet and and where the time that we live in right now is the best time ever for building relationships with people. You know, obviously we're talking across the world, um, but it is, there's, there is um, something deeper when you're face to face and you're, you're actually kind of engaging with them in person. And, um, and it's something that I've been trying to find a way to, still build meaningful relationships and connections and engage, engage with them, you know, through a phone or through a, a, you know, a computer screen or something like that. Um, It's, it's definitely something that I've noticed has potentially maybe like not works with some people that I thought would work in terms of like, okay, this is somebody I really, you know, respect and and you can tell that maybe that's just their where they're at in their career where they probably have that so much younger producers and DJs you know hitting them up all the time and probably doing with good intentions right doing the same thing of trying to build these relationships with them through you know social media or whatever but i think sometimes it may fall flat on the particular person if they are jaded or they just have again this it's been happening for them for years of these people trying to build these relationships it's it's definitely something that you know. What if I was in London? I'm sure that I could just pull up on them if they were DJing, and then buy them a drink, and then start a conversation from there. It's definitely something. Like my sound is very popular more in Europe, I'd say, than in the United States with the type of pop forward house music right now. It's a lot of the tech house stuff. But um, going back to what I was saying is like. It would be a lot easier if I could just kind of, you know, show up to a show and just support them in person as opposed to DMing on Instagram and say, hey, you know, love what you do and, you know, how can I support you, right? So. I guess it goes to you as well because it also depends on your mood. Right. Like you you might just be having a shit day. Right. Like it just might be a bad day and you just cannot be bothered. And so the message falls flat because you're like, ugh. Like it's just the, the compound in the building. And that's the other thing that that is weird for people to understand is like, you know, my attitude personally has been like, keep reaching out. They may say no today, but no is not a no. It's just not yet. That's always been my attitude for like how to get guests, how to build relationships, how to talk to people because they might just be in a shit place. It may just be the worst timing. Like you, or you get them in a great mood and it just works out. Like there's this, like we forget that they're people as well. We're like, we're the heroes of our own story. So we only see it from our lens. And then we forget that all these people have other lives and they're doing the same thing. And we're just a blip on the radar. And hopefully over a period of time, we become a little bit more. Yeah. And I think you're right. The art of follow-up is, is, is great in anything, right? Um, sales, you know, relation, building relationships and obviously and I think that is definitely something that that helps with with trying to create these relationships. It's like when you're showing that you care and you have a level of um, desire to to build a relationship with somebody. If they if they don't you know message you back the first time or second time, if they see a, a third or fourth, right? If that happens to me, I'd be like, this guy truly is genuine. Like he really wants to like you know start something with me or in terms of relationship or have a conversation that's almost a key there to be like, okay, like 
this guy's serious. The guy, this guy means it, right. They, they want it. So um, yeah, I think that that's very crucial. And something that I've tried to be a little bit more cognizant of is being, not being so upset, right. If, if I don't hear back for the first or second time and just being like, you know, just, just be yourself. And if, if you truly value that person and you really want to build a relationship with them, there's no, no harm in, you know, reaching out a couple more times and just being there, you know? And I've said this before on the show, but being professional is key. Yes. Like I have people hit me up on to come on the show and some messages are like, hey, let's do a podcast. And of course my answer is no, because that is not how you approach a person. Like I get you want to come on the show, no shit, but there is a way that you do it that is polite and respectful because you're asking someone for help. That's essentially what it is. You're asking to be a part of their journey and their life. So for anyone who has sent messages and if you react like shit, that's also a red flag. You will never get on that. But like if you if that person is polite enough to be like, hey, and I've said this to to some artists and their reaction is absolutely awesome. And I've said to them like, hey, I appreciate you reaching out, but you're not at the level yet that my platform would work for you. But if you keep hustling and you keep working, there's no reason why we can't work together in the future. So keep going is that message. And if you were to respond to me and say, go fuck yourself, you're you're a hack anyway. Well, then I know I made the right choice. So you have to be a little bit humble in the approach is what I've personally learned. I've approached so many people. I approach you. So the the art of being humble enough and being respectful enough to know that you're asking for someone's time is really important in that. Yeah. And it really just goes back to the golden rule, right? Like treat people how you want to be treated. And, and if those roles were reversed, right. And if that person had a platform, right. And someone was being disrespectful or it's almost like it just disrespectful in general, like that's just, it's, it shows a character about, this is your art. This is what you've been able to build, you know? So if someone doesn't respect that, then that's almost like a good filter to have. Right. And it's like, that's not for me. And it goes back to like, just protecting your energy in general about kind of the people that, you know, inquire or just want to be in your circle, just kind of knowing like, okay, if this is how somebody treats me on a first interaction, second interaction, then that's probably not how it should be. Right. In terms of like being in their circle and just, I don't know, again, I'm just, big on this, the protection of just your, your, your personal space and your energy, because that, that goes and affects you. And, you know, and this could working like thinking in music too, like it's helped. It's been an effect sometimes when I go in the studio and if there's somebody that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, or if, um, you know, if somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, would like to work with you and vice versa. Right. If I didn't feel like they were at the level yet, um, if someone was disrespectful, sometimes it can affect me and be like wow was was i being the rude one but so like at this point sometimes i have to tell myself like no it wasn't you know so it's it's never you honestly yeah. like yeah. that's that's what you've learned if if you've been doing this for some time and you don't have negative interactions with people like that is abnormal for you and then you have a negative interaction because of something that you usually would say to normal people and people respond in a normal way that's not on you that's on that other person that's what i've learned is like and i think it goes back to being self-critical and then being self-motivated of like hey i 
am I where I need to be with my communication in the same way of like, am I where I need to be in terms of my music? Like that's, it's the same lens that, and it's probably a good thing you think that way because you're continually improving. Yeah. It's definitely being, being a lot more present and aware um, in, in my day to day and, you know, waking up every morning and kind of just meditating and just kind of like taking in the moment every day, the small things. Right. And it's not just like the big things. Like every time, like I have an opportunity to do something, I always try to be appreciative of that and and aware of kind of what's going on. And, and so, yeah, I think it just goes back to just, like you said, trying to be more self-aware um, in everything. And that can build those strong foundations of when you have these hard conversations with people, it's like, no, I was aware enough to know, like, not me, right? It was it's definitely, it's definitely the other person. So, you said something a little bit earlier about, you know, your style of music is bigger in Europe than it is in the US right now. What does that mean for you personally in terms of the way you think about your creating music and the way you bring it out to market? Yeah, so I I try to just be genuine to to myself and 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 try to make the music that I really like and, and resonate with at a deep level. So knowing that obviously the American market is a little bit different with the type of style of EDM and house music, I still think there's a tribe for you anywhere. So even if that may not be in in America right now, um, I think there's opportunities for me to build these relationships with producers out there, labels out there, because, you know, there's, again, there's always somebody that's going to like what you're doing. It may not be in my backyard, so to speak, but um, I try not to have my music changed based off the the where I live right now. Cause when I go out to the clubs and, and support other DJ friends out here, it's a lot different. And, and sometimes it can be a little discouraging when you go to the club and none of it's the kind of the vibe that you make in terms of the genre and the style, but you know, here right now it's summer. So I do have that kind of like pool summer vibe, feel good. So it's been fun to like, when I do show up on some pool parties and some, you know, daytime club events, um, it is cool. That's kind of where you you can get away with a lot more of the stuff, um, at least out here in, in, in Arizona, that when I have sets, I really try to curate those for the time. But at nighttime, if I have a set, I still try to curate around my music, but also curating around the market and obviously the the, the vibe of the night. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just really think that if I just continue to stay true to myself and my sound, I mean, who knows, maybe like um, some promoters in, in London or, or, you know, Germany or Paris will reach out and be like, hey, just come over here. Like we, we got plenty of room for you. So <laughs> I, I, I don't try to get discouraged with that. Sometimes it can be a little discouraging knowing all my friends are making a different going in a different direction. But I really think as an artist, you just got to tra- stay true to yourself. And even if everyone else around you, it's is going one direction go that way, right? Just just follow your heart and just follow your gut. Well, isn't it better to be liked outside of your own neighborhood? Let's be honest. Yeah, it 100% is. Yeah. You, like, I'm, I don't like when my friends listen to this show. Like, I don't want to know that they listen to it. I had a friend reach out a while ago and she was like, hey, you know, this really nice. I thought that podcast was great. And it it was very complimentary. 
and it came out of the blue, but I still didn't like it because it's like, it's not really made for you in the weirdest way. Like it's not made for people who know me on a personal level. It's made at like a, on a bigger scale. So there's something that when I, when you look at like where it's charting and you're like, holy shit, it's overseas. Oh my God. There are people in these countries that I never even thought about that are listening and hearing my voice and hearing my music. It's like that to me is essentially what you're doing. Because if you were only being in Arizona, that would suck. Like you would be like, Oh, like, will I ever get out of this town? Like, it's just this opposite feeling. So I think it's really cool for you to be able to recognize that, hey, my sound may not be as big here, but it's big overseas. And the potential in that for you of like, hey, I could have to travel to Europe or I could do shows in Europe is a really exciting thing. Yeah. And, and going back to kind of like with the friend thing, like I've, I've had all my friends kind of like, even I know that they don't really kind of like, resonate with it i was like oh this is so awesome and i was like you don't have to hype me up yeah you know what i mean like if you if it's not your thing it's not your thing right and so like i said there's always somebody right that will like what you're doing you just got to find that and so what i resonated with is like yeah like you know europe they they, they just they have a very um like europe over there is like it's very like with hip-hop in america like what i've noticed is like the mainstream thing is like dance music and edm and more of kind of like the the brighter style sound um and i think there's just a bigger market over there right now and maybe it'll take a couple of years for five ten years maybe for it to catch on i've always noticed that right it, europe seems to be like the forefront and i'm just speaking in like edm dance music right of they kind of be on the front forefront and then it kind of lags a little bit um to america so who knows maybe maybe in you know five years or so it might be might be the biggest thing or in terms of the style that i'm making i think it will be i mean i was in europe recently and we went to a club in dubrovnik in croatia and yeah that's definitely the vibe of like house and but it is feel good like you cannot not feel good out there dancing and just like you know Obviously, the booze and, and the rest helps a little bit, but I feel like the just the general energy of the the happiness really helps. I think that's what you know made me reach out to you was like just the the feeling of positivity is what you get, and the feeling of like oh this just feels good. I personally sometimes struggle to listen to sad music. I have certain like moods where I want sad music. My youngest brother, he loves like mellow, sadder music. And I'm like, this is just too depressing for me today. Like I just need music that makes me feel good, gives me hype and just lets me go about my day. So it's interesting what people need in their lives. But yeah, the sadness is not for me. It's interesting because, yeah, my, my girlfriend, she's the opposite way, right? When she's sad, she needs to listen to sad music. When I'm sad, I need to listen to happy music. Like I need to get out of this sad mood. Um, and it's, yeah, people I talk to, my friends, some are, some are the, the same way, some are the opposite. And it's like, I just try to like, you know, if you're happy, you're going to listen to happy music, right? If you're sad, you're going to listen to happy music. That's just the way I think. So um, yeah. And again, that just kind of is something that I like really think about. It's like, I just want to make stuff that makes me feel good. And if it makes me feel good, I'm sure there's, 
at least one person in the world that'll make them feel good, right? So yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Kind of the styles of when you're feeling a certain type of way and like who you want to listen to. And you know, if you're at the club, if you're in a different mood, like I just I always want to be listening to just like positive type of stuff, whether it be a podcast or a book or music, right? I don't try to let negativity in as as much as possible and you know obviously we're human happens all the time but i just try to just just be as happy as possible hence the smiley face hat right here right (laughs) well i love it It, like you were smiling when when you came on and it was just it's all good vibes um and it's funny because my brothers are now at that point they've obviously listened to me talk about music long enough and listen and me show them enough and they're like this is a very you song like this is it's just upbeat. It's positive. It doesn't have to be complex. It's like almost a little bit repetitive in the sense. But as soon as I find the sound that clicks, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Keep that going. What drives me crazy is like there's a particular sound in a song that I love and then all of a sudden it's gone. And I'm like, no, bring it back. Um, so, <laughs> uh, put on repeat. Put, put on repeat. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely I have to, someone I have to like listen that. to a song until I get sick of it. Like if I really like a song, I will just listen to that thing until I just cannot anymore for at least a good amount of time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm exactly the same. You just, it's just, and you think about it all the time. You're like, man, I want to play that song again. Like I just, but it's weird. There's something about songs and music that is not the same as like TV shows and movies. Like, you know, I can listen to the same song thousands of times and love it and it reminds me of a time and place and it reminds me of a moment in my life and I have songs like that but then movies there are very few movies that I could watch regularly because it's just like yeah I just let go I don't know there's something about music to me that that is so impactful to us as humans I don't I've kind of wanted this for a while I never really understand why but there is some huge quality to it that we love yeah i really think it's so funny you said that i was just having a conversation yesterday with my girlfriend about it like we put on a a song that you know when we started dating um you know that was kind of our our song that we listened to at the time and and i was mentioning it's like you know what's like the closest thing to time travel is listening to a song right like when you listen to something that like had a very big impact in your time in your life whether negatively or positively that is personally the closest thing that I can go back to in time. Um, and you just feel, you feel the emotions. You can, sometimes you can even like smell, it's weird, like just smell the the smells that were kind of in the air at the time. And it's, it's a very, it's a very powerful thing. Like you said, that just movies and really doesn't, I don't think anything else out there can help get to that level of, just nostalgia or just kind of a feeling at that particular stage when you listen to it. It's um, yeah, it's powerful for sure. Does it feel weird that your music would do that for somebody? Like, cause you have songs that do that to you, but you're in a place now where your songs could do that for somebody else. Yeah. It's, it, it is a very powerful thought to think on because, you know, when I think, when I think about the music that has inspired me to like kind of make the music that I did, it, it's, it's almost empowering to think like maybe that that song can help inspire somebody or help them get through a particular time in their life or 
um, you know, you never know what somebody's going through. So, and that's kind of why I really want to focus on the positivity aspect in, in all areas of the sound identity that I'm going for. It's like, whether you're happy or sad, I think that there's, there's something that can help them out with and whether it be the look, the lyrics or the, the, that chord progression or the baseline or the drums um, the, or there's the cohesiveness of the entire project in and of itself. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely something that I've kind of been thinking about, like, okay, this song helped me out or this song kind of got me through a particular time, right? Like send it off in the world and see how many people can potentially like help, help them make them feel good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful when you think about it like that. It's almost overwhelming in a way. So you never do. Like I never think about this ever. Like I never think about our conversation potentially helping someone. I need it to be small in my own head so that I can really focus on the moment and not get overwhelmed by the the magnitude. Like I don't know how really big artists kind of just let go of that. Yeah. Like I look at people like Drake and I look at people like that level and I'm just like, how do you not kind of tremble in a way that you know immediately as soon as you release this song, you're going to have millions of people listening and the impact you have on those millions of people can be really good or it can be really like fall flat. And yeah, like that thought kind of is is scary as hell yeah you 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 really are the orchestrator of people's lives and if you really think about it like that right you can you have a lot of power um when you kind of release something and it's it's definitely something that you can kind of use to your advantage or you can use for good and just i think just having good intentions first and foremost of kind of like just knowing that this will be kind of um i don't know like it's just like a good platform for them to kind of like get through these, these certain times in their life. Yeah. It is a soundtrack of their lives. Yeah. I would like that at some point, like, you know, you get up to heaven and then they're like, all right, Aaron, this is the soundtrack of your life. Like this is almost the song of the year or the, the, here are the songs that you listen to throughout your life. And this is the general soundtrack. And that would be kind of cool to be able to see your own kind of movie and the soundtrack that you had in your own movie. Yeah. I wonder who I, I would, mine would probably be so eclectic, man. It would for sure. It would start out with like some like late nineties type of R and B, some like a Shanti, like that's kind of, and then it would probably <laughs> go into like some, I don't know, some like rock or something. And then definitely like some like, Fergie or something. I don't know. Like, I just like, like I said, I have like such an eclectic taste. It's, it's crazy. I don't even know. Like if I, if someone told me like, you have to pick 10 songs in this playlist and for, for when you go to heaven, I'd be like, you could pick it for me. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> 10 songs is not a lot of songs. Yes. Not at all. Yeah. I'm, I would be tempted to just pick an album, like 10 yeah. song album. Cause at least it's a cohesive piece of work. But then it's like, oh, but do I want to listen to the same artist? See, you're quite, see, even that annoyed. I'm, I'm now like really into it. And I'm also like you, I'm like, actually, maybe let's, let's back out from this 
10 song. But, but I know heaps of mine. 50 Cent would be in mine for sure. 100%. Like so much for me of just like the first thing I listened to that got me into to hip hop. And then I've just been, he's like a great metaphor for life in a weird way. Mm-hmm. He's not really an artist anymore. I know he's still touring, but he's beyond that. And I like that evolution of him in general. But I think that's where artists are going in general is because in nature you are always striving to be better and striving to push the boundaries and exploring what's possible. You're also on the forefront of like, hey, why can't I be a clothing brand? Why can't I make movies or make TV shows or start this business or become a chef or open a restaurant? Why can't I do all these things? And the answer is, well, there's no reason why. And that's why we're seeing it. Yeah, I think I think people fall in love with your personality, right? Whether you're a musician or you're, you know, starting your own label, like, you know, clothing label or, you know, you're opening up a restaurant, right? People are, I think, are first and foremost attracted to who you are as a person. And then that permeates through different, you know, mediums, right? Music and, you know, fashion and art, other types of arts and you know, food. So I think that's why we're seeing a lot, like a lot of that personally. It's like, it's like, people just kind of want to see what you're doing outside of music. Like they, they're just, again, they're attracted to you as a person. So like, I think the journey, that 360 journey is like something super, super powerful and definitely something that like, you know, I resonate with because I, I personally think I'm just a creative person in general. And, and I don't want creativity to kind of just be siloed into music. And, um, you know, I, you know, when I was in school, I, I kind of started my own, like, clothing company too. So there's always, there's always that aspect that I would like to do, but I think just, you got to play the the slow game and kind of just like build a strong foundation first. Right now I'm really, really passionate about kind of the music that I'm making, but you know, maybe that could turn into, I don't know, another clothing label or something or, or I don't, a, a music label. Um, yeah, I'm, I've always been fascinated with with the with the people that have kind of branched outside of their immediate art into to other directions because I think you can see different sides of creativity through that one person that you may not have seen through one discipline of art. What was your label called? Your so it was name. it was called Art and Ugly. So Art, comma and Ugly, um, and. Uh, did that for a couple of years. This is kind of like high school going into college for a little bit. I thought that's kind of like where I wanted to go, like learning a little bit of graphic design and stuff like that. But I was like, I was like curating my own like music playlist and I was like making my own tracks for like the lookbooks and stuff. And I was like, wait, that's cool. No, I'm a little bit more passionate about this type stuff. So let me, let me do the music thing. And then maybe we can circle back around with, with, with the brand. Isn't that funny though? that like through a different passion project, through a different idea, you found what you actually want to be doing. Yes. Yeah. And, and who knows, right? Like maybe I've always been kind of just a person that follows in the time that I'm in right now being present. Like if there's something that I feel drawn to going in towards, I will go for that because I try to follow my heart as best as possible. Um, And who knows? I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere. 
or I'm going anywhere with outside of music, but it's, uh, it's definitely something I'm always open towards. If like there's something that calls me to do, you know, who knows. But do you know what it does say? It says like, you have to try stuff to find other stuff that you're interested in and good at. Because if you never went for it, you never tried the clothing brand, there is a possibility that you would never be making music. Right. And so the the way people find the things that they like is by just trying random stuff. They just go and they're like, oh, this seems interesting. I don't know if I like it. And maybe they're like, I like certain aspects of this, but I don't like the whole thing. So maybe try a different version. Maybe you are creative and maybe you don't like painting, but you like getting something out. And so you realize it's maybe pottery that you like, but you wouldn't realize that unless you tried to paint or you tried to draw, or maybe you try to write and you realize it's not the writing, it's the speaking. I like performing or whatever it is. And so I think that is a huge message for a lot of people is like, you have to be accepting of starting from zero because if you don't, you will never find what you like. You will just, the paralysis of fear of like being scared of that unknown will hold you back. Yeah. And I think it, it goes back to like just being aware, self-aware and trying to like analyze yourself and like, is this something that I'm feeling drawn to doing? And if, if so, like I encourage everybody to just go for it, right? Just run into the darkness and I always felt that would I go for something, even if I have no clue of what I'm doing, it all just somehow magically works out when you really think about it. And you look back in like a couple of years, you're like, wow, I, you know, when I first went for this, when I first started DJing, when I first started making music, I didn't really have an idea or direction. I just had this passion. I didn't have any connections. I didn't have any relationships. It's almost like it makes you feel more satisfied that you, you, you did it with just kind of going into it blind and now look where you're at. Right. I, I truly do feel like no matter what direction you want to do, go in life or what you want to do in life, if you just go for it, it will all work out. It, it will hundred percent always work out. If you have good intentions and you follow what, you, what is in your heart, like 99% of the time it, it, it'll work out in hindsight. So just, you just gotta go for it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, when I was younger, I hated the idea of fate. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I hated the idea of my life is predetermined and I still kind of hate that idea. But the older I become, the more I'm realizing there is a path. And although I may not see it, and although it's still my job to walk the path, it's like the potential is there. So my view on it has changed in the sense of, hey, I have lots of potentials. I have lots of potential fates in a way, and I have to choose the one that I'm going to walk down. And that is, I think, what helps is like if you do those things, you take those steps and you believe in the process, the end result is almost guaranteed to be good. Luck helps. A little bit of luck goes a long way. But I think you also make your own luck in that sense. So, you know, you make positive music. You think positively. Positive things are likely to happen. You think negatively. You always look on the bad side, the glass half empty as opposed to half full, and guaranteed you're going to attract the negative energy in your life. Like, it sounds super hippie, 
and most of my friends would be like, Aaron, what is wrong with you? Like, this is very, but the more life I live, the more I realize you attract what you put out there. And so it is in your hands and in your destiny if you attract positivity. Yeah, every single day I wake up, I, again, I try to, number one, set an attention for the day, you know, kind of meditate on what is kind of going good in my life and kind of like focus on kind of some of the things that I really need to address in my life, even if they're, they're hard conversations. Um, but I think, yeah, just being that light, being that light for yourself and being that light for others, opportunities will come, people will come into your life. If you just live with good intentions and stay true, again, stay true to yourself, the people and the opportunities and the things around you that you want naturally fall into place because when you're aligned with yourself and there's, there's nothing that's kind of going out of whack when you're just feeling, you're just kind of high on good vibrations and good energy. You know what I mean? And, and feeling good and feeling positive, um, that positively, that positivity kind of permeates in different directions and different areas in your life. And yeah, I mean, I just think like that's definitely something I, when I was younger, like I used to kind of be the opposite, to be honest, like, you know, so I'm a lot more positive now, but like there's times in my life where, you know, I was a lot more out of whack, I would say with my, my emotions and sometimes for the negative. Um, but it's definitely something that I've had to work on with kind of more of the personal development side of things for it to kind of carry over in different, you know, mediums, right. Obviously music right now, but um, yeah, I just try to just, just be that light for myself. And then hopefully I can do that for others. And obviously I can see that with what you're doing here, just trying to just spread knowledge and love and, and, kind of just help other people out right on their journeys. So it's definitely something that I try to kind of align myself with as well. So yeah, no, there's no room for negative energy, no room for, for bad vibes. Well, I just like talking to people. So this gives me a great excuse to talk to people and talk to people that are genuinely interesting. I've, I had a, th- I have had a theory for a long time that every person on this planet has at least one good story in them. Everyone's lived some sort of interesting life. They've always got something that happened to them or something that they did that's interesting. And to be honest, the type of people that I talk to, i.e. artists, your lives are very interesting. You guys don't live normal lives. Like you're on stage in front of people. There's shit that goes down and your perspectives on life. So yeah, this is honestly a platform for me more than it is for anyone else. It's just an excuse to be like, let me tap into a knowledge of for for people that I respect and also admire at the same time. There is this weird level of admiration and then just genuine curiosity that I have for what makes you all tick in your own way. Like trying to understand how you go about your creativity, but then also seeing the person behind the creativity is what interests me regardless of whether, you know, I've spoken to artists before where their music is good and I can objectively say it's good. It's not personally my vibe, but I still am interested in them because there is still something there. And that's why I do this. And if anyone gets anything from it, that's all power to them. I hope they do. But at the end of the day, all I can control is like this interaction as long as this is good, then the rest will be good too. Yeah. Again, just staying true to yourself, it sounds like, right? Just doing something that makes that feeds your soul and gives you energy and just passion and, and just, you know, love for what you do. Another thing I was going to say on like just 
people, it's like my biggest motto too, is like, you never know who you're going to meet, right? You never know the next person is going to be like a business partner or a, an artist that you collaborate with or um, you know, a husband or a wife, right? You, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you just kind of have that, you know, again, going back to the good energy and the positive, um, the positivity, right? You, you attract that. So it's like when you open up these doors with conversations, and I'm sure you talk to hundreds and maybe even thousands of artists and people, you know, in your life. And it's, it's, it's cool that you can get different perspectives and you can build these relationships and you never know like where those could take you kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, I think just being open to that is just, it's huge just in general, like when you're open to, you know, people coming into your life and, and kind of reciprocating that energy. And you're also different to me. I don't make my own music. Like, so yeah. that's, that's the weird thing. It's like me from the outside looking in, I think there's something nice there's something weird about it in the sense of like, I don't make my own music, but I'm genuinely interested. Whereas there's different levels of conversation when there is genuinely another, another artist at the same time. Like, I don't know. There's, there's something powerful for like me being the lay person or the general consumer being like, tell me how you did that magical thing that I listen to and get to enjoy. Yeah. Like what's, What's the secret sauce in the cookbook, right? Like, what did you kind of, what did you do there? Yeah, I think it's an interesting perspective because you're right. Because everybody that I've kind of talked to and have conversations regarding music, there's some they're in the music in some aspect, right? Whether they are a co-producer, or they are a vocalist, or they're an engineer, or they're a DJ, or but it's kind of rare that you can kind of have these conversations, like in-depth conversations regarding music and kind of the 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 work ethic behind kind of the things that kind of have you got you to where you're at through, like you said, that general consumer lens, because you can kind of, I think, steer conversation in a, in a different direction for, for listeners that, you know, I'm sure don't really have an understanding of the music, the behind the scenes of the music, they just kind of know what they hear. So I think the the conversations in, that you have and the questions that kind of arise from these are really powerful because it's like, yeah, you're speaking their language. It's like easier for them to understand. It's nothing too like jargony right where they're just going to instantly be like what is this guy saying like what what you know what's a you know what's a hi-hat what's a you know what's a side chain kind of thing so that's crazy all it's things cool. i had to learn anyway to be like oh i should probably know what a hi-hat is um yeah all things that i was like uh learning like learning yeah. slowly because I don't want to, I don't want us to be like, oh, look at this guy. He's just so incompetent, which to be fair is not too far from the truth. But knowing a few of the instruments is helpful. But I think, I think what you learn as a consumer is an ear, like being able mm-hmm. to pick things up. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely think me asking you these questions as opposed to a different artist asking you these questions has a different lens. And hopefully also helps you think about it differently. I've definitely had a few conversations with people who are like, huh, I never thought about that that way. It's just a different perspective. And I think because I'm far enough away, it can help to be like, yeah, you know what? That was cool. Oh yeah, that is a good idea. Or yeah, I didn't think about that that way. And hopefully, you know, other than obviously promoing the amazing stuff that you do, you get something from the conversation as well. And I think that's ultimately my goal for every artist is to walk away and be like, that was a good conversation. And I'm glad I didn't waste an hour, an hour, 20 minutes on that. 
No, I, I had a, I have had a blast kind of talking with you and kind of hearing a little bit on kind of the lens behind the way that you see things. And again, that, that consumer aspect of it, but like you said, just having a good ear, I, I know that that's definitely something that your listeners have, obviously you have. And it's like, for me, one thing that I kind of like took away from here is just knowing that, like, like you said, if it's not your cup, even if it's not your cup of tea in terms of like, but you can objectively and people, I feel like people in general can objectively know like, oh, that's good music, right? Even if it's not what they listen to on a day-to-day basis, like for me, like I listen to country and like, even though that's not, you know, my cup of tea, I'll never make country. I still sometimes will listen to country, right? Because I just know like, that's good music, right? Sometimes like a good song, it's a good country song or a good rock song or a good, obviously hip hop song or a pop song, right? So it's like just knowing kind of like what sounds good, even if again, I'll never make it or I'll really never even consume it outside of, you know, Spotify or something like that. Just, I think, yeah, that's definitely something that for sure is a big, uh, you know, talent that I think a lot of people, some people, you know, can take away from is like learning that, that skill. Well, I was listening to Dolly Parton the other day. Again, not music that <laughs> that anyone yeah. would think I would ever listen to, but she has such a good voice and she makes such good songs. It's like I've been dumb in the sense that I've limited my palate. Like I, on my own, have been like, oh, I'm only into hip-hop, and I've thought it's cool to say that. But I've been stopping myself from enjoying so much other music, and now I'm like, oh, no, you're just – a bit of an idiot because if you close yourself off to other music, then you, you close yourself off to being open to listening to other music. And so I, the first reaction I used to have was like, is this not hip hop? I'm not interested. And I just, I just shut off. My brain would be like, doesn't matter how good this is. And then years later, the same song comes up and I'm like, this is a banger. This is so good. And they're like, I showed you this two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting too. It's like I think, you know, like from the consumer side of things, it, right? If if you're a consumer, you're consuming something that you like, right? And so if that's just hip hop, then that's pretty much kind of like what somebody will really like. I think for one thing that I have kind of like looked back on as like, okay, I'm I'm kind of grateful on is just having a palette that's diverse because I think as an artist, some consciously or not or subconsciously, I think it stems into even the work that i've done is like even if i had no correlation between a country song that i listened to 10 years ago and in a and a new project that i'm working right now even if i don't even see anything i'm sure there's years and years of some subconscious layers that have maybe resonated and and correlated into kind of a, a project that i'm working on right so um yeah i think it's i think it's unique um kind of at least for some people, for some artists, kind of being able to be able to pick from different eras and genres to help kind of like direct um, their their sound identity and kind of their direction. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's, it's definitely something I have a guilty pleasure for is just like indulging on just very weird genres, or just very weird like eras that I would never even expect to be listening to like sometimes i'll even listen to like 40s 40s music like jazz i'm like what i mean like this there's some bangers in here you know what i mean like okay how good (laughs) how good was frank sinatra there are some samples of using frank sinatra in modern music and they're so fire they're so good 
and it yeah the i i love samples that are like where the fuck did you get this from like you yeah. got it from the 60s like it's like an old soul beautiful voice ethereal almost in its essence and you've blended it into this modern sound and it's like how can i not love this this is combining like the very raw roots of like singing and uh, what's cap- what we're capable of doing with our voice with what we're capable of doing with like modern tech and modern sound and there's i think there's so much room in that i think almost in a way we've lost the art of appreciating a powerful voice that's why i liked your songs because there is a powerful voice in them there's something in there that's like beyond just music i think having that human lens of like there's a bit of humanity here helps you click yeah i think into like house music in general like right we were going back to the drums and it's very drum heavy and very drum centric um a lot of it has kind of been focused on that and and i think like you said it's kind of lost with i think some of the genres that are in-house that you know and it's it's all personal taste but it's just something that you know the vocals is something that i tried to center around the track on right and kind of build around it um because whether you're listening to it on the radio or in the club i think there's something that is has to be said about like lyrics and and a a person's like cadence with their tone and and just their voice in general like i i personally think when i'm in the club or if i'm at a festival or i'm in the radio like i'm thinking of i'm listening to the vocals more than i am i mean than the drums i'd say or like it's just again it just kind of goes back to personal taste and there's no right or wrong answer it's just kind of like yeah sounds cool sounds great you know it's it's versatile right you can play it anywhere and so why not well, why not choose this one right why not go for it and, and kind of like sampling too it's like I've, I've been toying with the idea of like putting like vocal layers from previous samples um for it to kind of like like subconsciously create kind of like familiarity in the track which you may not be able to pick up on or you may but um a couple of stuff that i've kind of been playing around with is kind of just sampling some old like 90s vocals uh female like rb vocals and just kind of like texture adding it as a, like a texture and atmosphere thing in the track as opposed to kind of like the main ele- vocal elements just to kind of keep that familiarity it's definitely something that brings back the nostalgia at least when I've kind of heard other producers that have tried that technique, it's like, hmm, you, you subtly pick up on it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great idea. And man, I'm excited to see what else you do. I think me, like most of your fans would be like, when are we going to have more and more music? I think people are definitely excited. I think there's definitely a thirst as well to be like, hey, we just want more music. We're in the consumption era. So yes. it's a great time to be an artist, but man, I only have one more question for you. Uh, and it's the hardest question that I ask any guest on the show. It's the only question that I plan on the show, but it is, if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of can be any genre of music, obviously cannot be your own music. What would it be? Ooh, man, that is a good question. Uh, okay. 
this will be a, I don't know if you've ever gotten this before, but, and I, I've, I've hinted at this in this conversation before, but chapter two by Ashanti is like my, my guilty pleasure um, of, of an album. Um, it's definitely something that personally has a lot of meaning to me with my mom. And that's kind of like some, that's an album that I remember kind of listening with her in the car and, you know, waking up, going to school. It's definitely something that I know that I've pulled inspiration from um, when it comes to working on my style of music. So I don't know if you ever gotten that one, but that's what I'm going to be sticking with. I, I love new recommendations. The more new recommendations we get, the better. And what's even better is ones that surprise your fans. I hope that surprises your fans and be like, damn, yep. I didn't I wouldn't never have seen that coming. But there you go, Ashanti. Hey, a good song is a good song. We've said this on the show before. It doesn't matter the genre. If it's good, it's good. Like there's undeniable quality about it. But man, Absolute pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate it. We obviously did this on pretty short notice as well. Uh, so I appreciate you making my life very easy in that sense. And as I said before, I'm excited to see what else you can do, the music that you continue to produce. Like you're still early in your career in the sense of comparatively to a lot of other artists, but the the noise that is being made and the hype that is starting to grow is really exciting. And it is awesome to see that, you know, that, that positive energy is continuing to grow, man. So, yeah, I can't wait for you to drop more music. You, it seems like you're ticking off the right boxes. So props to you, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. Really appreciate you for bringing me on. I know, like it's like you said, at a short notice, but I, I understood that, like, you have something very special here. You have some very special guests, too, and, and you just have a very special energy, and just the way that you approach conversations has been amazing. and. I wish you nothing but the best of, of luck. And if I'm ever out in Australia, let's go grab some lunch. And if you're ever out here in the States or LA or something, let's let's do the same because, uh, like I said, we'd love to just kind of foster the relationship here. Yeah, for sure. Well, my friends are talking about a US trip in October. So okay. um, one of my friends is a YouTuber. Um, I won't shout his name out here because he he might nah, he probably doesn't give a shit to be honest his name is Darren Levy he does the nice. um the youtube uber rides anyway so he's he's going to go out there as well and he's going to do some like collabs so i'm exploring what that would look like if i was to come out so that is potentially on the cards um but yeah for anyone else obviously you know make sure you follow him on all his channels, Instagram. I think you've got TikTok as well. You've got obviously Spotify, iTunes. You've got your website. But yeah, is there anything you wanted to plug as well? Um, no, I would just say yeah. Like I'm on social media at Justin Irby, pretty much every single handle. And um, yeah, I got some new music here coming out the, the next couple months. Uh, like into 2024, we're working on some big collaborations with some other artists that are out in Europe. So just. Keep your eye out for that. And uh, again, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure and it's been fun being on the show and having a conversation with you about many different topics. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.